As we approach the middle of October, we begin our study of Salem, Massachusetts, a town that most Americans feel that they understand. The truth of the witchcraft practiced here often takes a back seat. Today, we want to shine a light on the epicenter of the event. On this episode, we'll be talking about devil worship, Satanism, and witchcraft practiced in Salem. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I'm so excited for this episode. Me too. Uh, Getting to the middle of October, very exciting time. I feel like thanks to the show, I've dived into it way more than in recent years. You know, we've been doing um, our workshops here on Twitch uh, we did talk about altars and stuff like that. Uh, all kinds of different things have gotten me into the spirit of the year or of the season, whatever. <laughs> and I have all these gourds around and all this. Uh, there's a lot of orange in the background, as chat was mentioning. And I, I, there I is have, a lot of orange. I have nice. I love I used to decorate when I was a kid for Halloween twice a year. I would make my parents let me do it in the summer and they bless them. They did it. Um, and, and, and in the last five years, I have not decorated with any heart so huge thank you to you to chat to just this whole experience because i'm in the season like i said i haven't been for so long so thank you well you're totally welcome i feel like i did nothing other than you know just be like here you go we're gonna talk about this and have fun and yeah here we are well now kyle has embraced all of halloween in its fullest in the best of ways and can I just say we've had such good vibes coming our way because uh, not only did the amazing Katie Webb get her interview on here a couple weeks ago. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Katie. We also have an upcoming with Laura Tempest-Zakroff as she is going to join us to talk about Weave the Liminal, the book that you and I have been reading. We encourage you guys mm-hmm. to do that uh, with us. And we're looking at, I think we said we're doing an interview. I'm sorry, this is off the top of my head, but I think we're doing it like October 26th-ish. So I think you guys should expect it on October 30th, the day right before Halloween. So that is really, really fitting. Um, I have been catching up on all of her content because we saw her uh, at PhenomenaCon. And Mm -hmm. just last night, I saw she has all these gorgeous dance videos um, of her up on stages, places like channeling all of her ideas of movement meets spirituality sort of vibe. And I am loving it. And I actually, I admit, I followed along to a couple of her dance things the other day. And it felt good because I just sit and type all day. And I am a stiff, (laughs) stiff, just log here. I I encourage everyone to dance. I I do um, a thing called body groove every morning. um, And I get to get up and dance every morning because like I'm usually at my desk for about six to eight hours. And so I, I, I'm very much am encouraging everyone to dance. Dance makes the soul happy. Uh, that's it. So we're going to have to bring that up with her. I'm so excited to talk yes. to her. Um, she's doing a thing on YouTube, by the way. We'll, we'll just promote her like crazy right now. Why not? Um, but she's doing, I think it's a daily series, about 10 minutes a pop, where she takes like a tarot concept, uh, like an image mm-hmm. or... Um, 
maybe like an astrological sort of event and she works it into her dances and it's really really cool mm-hmm. i don't know it's a channeling of i don't think that's a connection that i ever really pay attention to and i i admit like i said i'm i'm stiff as a board i'm a guy that sits and doesn't do any moving and i have no rhythm so this is kind of fun it's like getting <laughs> me i have a reason to do it and it's i can also call it research for our show right so we have something absolutely questions about happy. right everyone get up we're do all stuck at home happy that's right so uh, I don't know that we have anything else to shout out to you guys at the top of the show other than we've been having so much fun with the daily talk show we've been doing up here on Twitch. Mm-hmm. That is taking place Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern. And I want to say mm-hmm. it's about, you know, give or take the daylight saving stuff. It's about 5 p.m. Uh, for people in London and the UK. Yes. So enjoy that it is a nice healthy segment for people a lot of people can catch the show live whether they're at work or enjoying their evening time uh very very fun we're calling it a morning show our friend brian from ghostquest.net is uh joining us on tuesdays to hold down Mm -hmm. the fort with me we're taking news stories related to the paranormal we were able to make a three-hour show out of three headlines last week and (laughs) i didn't know that we could even do that that was a heck of a time that's amazing you I and- did catch part of that, but I, I was away for part of it. So, but it was the bits that I did get to see was absolutely amazing that you guys did. Chat enjoyed the flow. So huge, huge, huge thank you um, to Brian. And then you and I, Pagan, just yesterday we did our uh, our tarot workshop. We've been doing oh, those. So those are happening on Wednesdays now. Workshop Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Workshop Wednesday. So uh, we're doing those Wednesdays. Those we've done sigils. We've done candle magic and we just did a tarot one mm-hmm. and those get archived up for our patrons so if you guys want to go check that out that would be amazing um and then yes. on fridays well thursday we're doing this and fridays we are doing like a screening of some creepy stuff but without further ado i, I could talk about our stuff forever let's dive into salem <laughs> massachusetts because we need to give this thing let's it's time it. so let's do it the basics on the event Again, as I started off the top, a lot of Americans feel like they have an idea of the Salem witch trials because of our education, the public education in particular. We read the crucible in schools, at least in the 90s, 2000s and such. I I don't know how when that got into the curriculum swing or for how long, but that was really pivotal in Pagan and I's past, you know, all that study. And that gives us this framework. and I admit, in my case, it was not taught by someone that really was very exciting. They didn't make it any more exciting. So I think for a lot of people, we kind of all just move on. And we're like, yep, got it. Good high school thing. OK, cool. It's a story about people in town persecuting people that they're alleging to be witches. It's it's a power dynamic struggle. It's about just blaming the outsider is kind of the premise of the story. Yes. Very much so. But as you and I sat here, we said we don't want to make this an episode or two. We're doing a couple on Salem. Uh, We we said we don't want to just be retelling you history in the way that you already know it. We looked at each other and said, well, first of all, what actually is the witchcraft practiced in the town? They don't really talk Mm -hmm. about that much. We're accusing witches, but why? Because they're muttering a curse under their breath. Well, what is that and how does that apply? So a brief synopsis of it, because, again, we assume most of you have a working premise of Salem. 
It's an event that took place for only nine months, starting in early 1692. By the fall, somewhere between 144 and 185, quote, witches and wizards had been named. 19 men and women had hanged. I also, I'm sure you guys have heard of other deaths related, the uh, crushing with stones and, and other, you know, not the so. The drownings. Yeah. 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 They did a lot of terrible things in Salem. They were not nice people. No. And it, it paints an image, I, I will forecast for you guys in this episode. In my mind, I think that if there is an evil negativity or anything like that that will still surround Salem, and we're going to talk about the future of the town and like the current modern vibes of it in the upcoming episodes. But um, if there is a negativity there, I would say it wasn't brought on by witches. I would say it was brought on by, you know, these like xenophobic, uh, we don't accept anything but what we are, people, you know, any, anything but us must go. And that, that, that builds a real evil, you know, that, that validates dehumanizing folks. So throughout Absolutely. this... Huge shout out to Aaron Mankey's series, another podcast called Unobscured. I know a lot of my uh, information is going to be coming from that because that is a wonderful deep dive where they use a historian from the town um, that's lived there all his life. So great, great show if you want to dive deeper, deeper, deeper into the hard facts of Salem. And that's what we're going to try and begin, just begin to show you in this episode. I don't know, Pagan, this is a... This is this is a gruesome past. This is um, n- not uh, as cut and dry, I think, as, no. as they like to feed it to you in school. I, I like to say that the school version is the fluffy bunny version, mm. because even though you, like the story in school is still not a nice version, it's still very terrible and all that. But it it, it cuts a lot of the terribleness away and they just kind of trim that fat off, essentially. And in this regard, we're going to be talking about things that are the fat, the fat that they've trimmed off, the the fat that nobody talks about, the stuff that nobody wants to even hear about. That's the stuff that we should be talking about and talking about the misinformation that we were all essentially fed as children growing up. I mean, I think I started learning about Salem, I don't know, middle school, maybe, and then it went yeah. all the way back to high school and college. And even then, it was always the exact same stories over and over again. And our research has led us that those stories were not exactly the stories that should have been taught. So sit tight, everybody. Right. So in a way, the, well, I wouldn't say in a way. I would say to anyone that is not already trying to, to make their religion law, this is a story about why you should not do that. Uh, this is this is why church and state should se- stay separate for very healthy reasons, because as we see, this is a case where we're looking at a colony that is subservient to England. Uh, they, mm-hmm. When they're starting out, you have to realize things are very, very rough. Uh, laws are being formed because, to use a very modern reference, it's the Wild West, which is kind of funny because that's more modern than, than them. Um, but they really were just getting a beachhead on this continent. There was the wild unknown beyond their town lines. 
And that puts a lot of pressure on people's psyche because Native American attacks were a thing and and rightfully so. I mean, you've got invaders coming in and doing terrible atrocities. So there is this very kind of just violent mentality around colonialism and it brings out a lot of fears in people. And I mm-hmm. think that's where a lot of this starts. Uh I I heard that there was concerns over having a very shaky set of laws. They were using charters at the time. And there was a period right before uh, the witch trials started that they weren't given an updated charter from the King of England. So they really had no basis. So, again, you've got people that are in this kind of violent mindset already just because of their situation, their fear for their own stuff. But now the laws that they're subscribing to don't even really, really apply. So or exist. I I read one thing that the the king actually took away their laws and was like, y'all figure it out, figure it out on your own. I can't I can't be bothered with Puritans anymore. And it, it was a very sad kind of story because, like you were saying, they're they're already in a very violent mindset. They're in a very on edge mindset. There was probably tons of anxiety from trying to just make it and survive in a new place that they were unfamiliar with. Let alone deal with the Indians fighting them and them fighting the Indians and everything in between. Honestly, and then the king basically just kind of was like, "I don't care about you. I don't want to deal with you. You figure it out on your own." And so they were kind of left there, you know, it's kind of like, you know, telling your kids to sink or swim at this point because they Mm -hmm. don't know what to do and you're not there to help them anymore. And I think that's very much where the Puritans were. They were very much in a mindset of not knowing where to go and what to do and how to deal with this. And so they they turned to God in the worst of ways. (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. And and from that fear and from that turning to God, when it came to people acting out or acting against their belief system, that in redrawing their own set of laws, they worked in capital crimes for witchcraft. So mm-hmm. that people that were I guess I guess you could just use the word unpleasant, maybe, you know, anyone that was distasteful to them, unpleasant, you know, whatever they didn't like would become uh, labelable as a witch. And and that yes. is the same thing we saw across the Atlantic, too, in England mm-hmm. and such when their witch trials were going on a bit earlier was the same mentality. You know, if you are an undesirable person, we can persecute you because it's really easy. We have this not so testable system to label you a criminal. Hence, hence the concern over the, the religion and and state thing. That's, that's why we don't want these two things to mix because if we can't prove religion, then we can't prove that a crime was done and ridiculous things were set up for these accusations such as you you guys might have heard the mole sort of thing being like the devil's teat um where if anyone has a mole on their body it's a witch's mark and and, you know and demons must feed from it uh but i bet all of you have moles right now probably multiples of them like it's to some degree i would imagine and um that's the problem if we make these catch-all 
laws like they did or or um, trigger mechanisms for for what constitutes constitutes witchery. Uh, yeah, you can imprison anyone you want. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself Absolutely. why people would do that. Pagan, do you have some thoughts on why these people might <laughs> so, want to do that? It wasn't so much that they wanted to do that. I, I was going to add Ooh. some of the things that I found. Mm-hmm. As to what possibly kind of started all this. Mm. Now, the Puritans were a very religious set of folks. They they believed that you did not really dance. You didn't really drink. You didn't do anything of those things in excess. You, you worked from sunup to sundown. You made an honest living. You repented for your sins. And it was about family and going to church. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's all about what it was. So... Now, if you were a child growing up in these times, from about the age of four or five years old, you were put to work. Now, could you imagine a four or five-year-old working from sunup to sundown? You didn't have a childhood. In today's society, we would call that child abuse. Oh, yeah. And one historian even went so far as to say that there were not really any children's toys. They didn't have children. They weren't allowed to play. They weren't allowed to be kids. So when the witch trials started happening and these girls started accusing people, these girls who didn't have a voice because women weren't allowed to have a voice in Puritan society mm-hmm. and children were not allowed to have a voice suddenly did. And lo and behold, here starts hysteria. I would agree. And as I listen to more of these things and hear more of the debunking of the older explanations, um, I believe that it's called ergot, the uh, the bread mm-hmm. fungus, which yes. I heard wonderfully disproved. Um, and I believe that was thanks to Aaron Mankey as well, uh, that they, they looked at it. They, they looked at how that was put forward. It was, I believe, a journal in the 70s that was put forward as an explanation for it. It um, mm-hmm. in the next month was debunked by two people writing into that journal. And the big debunking to that is they would have had to have been low in vitamin A for the fungus to have manifested the way it did. And with the diets, they would have had that wouldn't have been the case because their location to the sea and access to that, you know, nutrient. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way it manifests is gangrene. And that's I, I think they said maybe the more common way that it manifests. So unlikely that it was bread that did this or fungus on bread uh but more likely like you said in my personal choice of explanation which is i think the human psyche is way easier to overload to subvert to undermine to short circuit than any of us would like to believe and that we will do crazy desperate things like you said for attention for the ability for for rights you know for privileges that Mm -hmm. they should have had but you know we we will do dare i say depraved things on all both sides the aisle whatever you want to call it all across the spectrum um i think that's maybe one of the biggest inner demons that we have to confront when we look at one of these stories is is really where do we kind of lay this Dare I say blame? Like, where is it on blaming an other? Like, do we blame the witches? Are they summoning demons and things like that? Or should we be looking in our own darker parts, you know, more shadow work style? I think it's a combination of all of the above. And, you know, if we're talking about these kids, because these kids were the ones that really started pointing the fingers. 
and they're the ones that have the convulsions to begin with and the the odd symptoms. Mm-hmm. Now, has I don't know how many of you have kids or have watched kids, but when kids play or they get a wild imagination, they do some pretty oddball things. They make weird noises. They they convulse. They they flop around. But they're playing. They're they're just having an imaginary kind of moment, doing whatever it is that they do. So who's to say that these kids weren't having those kind of moments and somebody caught them playing, having an imaginary moment. And suddenly they had to pretend that the devil was after them because of the fact that otherwise they would have been beaten, literally beaten because they were playing because that was a sin. It was a sin in Puritan times for children to play, to be kids. It, it just breaks my brain to the amount of awful things that they did to these poor girls. And so, you know, when you start looking at that and you start seeing this and you start looking at the culture mm-hmm. and then you start looking at the people that were accused of witchcraft, which brings us to Tichuba. Tichuba mm-hmm. was a Caribbean uh, West Indies uh, descendant or native to that. She was, she was a slave essentially. Um, and she was brought over with the Paris family. Is that correct? I believe. I believe yes. that is correct. Yes. Yes. She belonged to Samuel Paris. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And she would have technically been the only quote unquote witch in the community. Honestly and truly, she probably grew up practicing a type of witchcraft that was called uh, Obia or Obey, whichever it's pronounced several different ways. It just kind of depends on where you're from. And the she would have grown up kind of practicing this. This is a, a practice that's similar to voodoo and Santeria, but it's actually a practice that was folk magic that was actually used for good and evil. It was used for cursing, but majority of the time it was used for healing practices. And if she was the one who caught these children having these playful fits as i want to call them i don't believe that they were having epileptic moments or any sort of strange kind of things um like you know the the symptoms of the the fungus i don't believe that was actually the case i believe that they were actually just having very much playful moments if she was to catch them and they did fake it she could have potentially thought because of her upbringing that they were possessed and that's when we start seeing her um, practicing the the witch cake. She makes the witch cake for them. And Kyle, if you want to tell them a little bit about that witch cake, I, I can tell them more about mm-hmm. the obey a practice of that. And we can kind of split it down the middle. Sure. So this is where we already see a, a, a big discrepancy. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about why mm-hmm. here in a minute. But for for as many sources as I saw say that Tichaba is the one that makes this witch cake, I take I, I think I land or at least I hear a very trustworthy source that said Mary Sibley was actually the one that went ahead and did this, which is, again, dis you know, conflicting information about who who instigated this and, you know, then therefore who brought this thing forward. Um, and there's a really good reason being that the details around this were suppressed at the time. So who went and made this witch cake? I, I don't know. I think, like Megan said, there's a really good reason Tichaba might have. But basically, uh, this cake was an attempt to 
kind of cure the girls uh, by using a almost fortune telling esque a uh, divinationy sort of thing. It was a, a cake to open them more energetically uh, to to maybe resolve what all was going on around them. Different approaches, different ideas on that based on the source. Uh, But basically, some of it was fed to the dog. I heard a reason for that being maybe some of the reason it was to take away the the evil energy that was afflicting the girls, make it go to the dog or make it more attracted to that being and leave them alone. Um, On the other hand, people said, you know, the girls had it and the dog had it and... uh, they both got sick, apparently makes the girl's symptoms worse. The dog is ill. So when the family returns, all hell breaks loose because that uh, the, the girl's symptoms were, were significantly worse at that point. What do yes. you what would you like to add about this witch cake, Pagan? Because so the witch cake, I'm not um, too versed. I'm, yeah, the witch cake was actually would have been classified in Obia. Uh, as a fetish, it, it's a fetish was classified as an inanimate um, object, and sometimes it was something that was prepared. Sometimes it was an actual like statue or something mm-hmm. that was made, and it was either carried or consumed for protection. And they are intended to be revered. They are often made from parts of the human body or p- parts of a body, animal body, objects of clothing, dirt, hair, or other. Uh, powerful material and these are classified as fetishes these are to ward ward off dupies or shadow men and women who are left behind dupies are not the soul of a person who passes into the afterlife but shadow that can inhabit specific locations uh, aka shadow people demons whatever you want to call it so in their culture of her practicing this if she actually did practice this that would have been something that she would have done. And the witch cake w- is rumored to believe it's supposed to be a combination of the girl's urine and rye flour, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And if that was the case, that would have technically fell under the fetish of this. And so perhaps maybe that was what this was supposed to be. And yet, honestly, if that's, you know, uh, why it would have... I think that's probably why it would have made them sick because they were ingesting something made with urine. That's disgusting. It's so gross. Um, But yeah, it it was definitely an interesting thing. And I did read kind of those conflicting reports that she made it, that Mary Sibley made it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I read even that one of the goody women made it as well. Uh, Sarah Good made it. So there's so many different conflicting lore behind who actually made it and why the girls ingested it and all this other stuff. It was very much kind of this telephone game of we don't know who actually had the story correct. And it's just it's sad that we don't have the correct story because a lot of it was the fact that they couldn't legally report it. Yes, what Pagan said, because the governor of Massachusetts, Sir William Phipps, realizes how big of a a PR blunder these very, very dark trials are. So instigates a policy that no one is allowed to report on it. So anything Mm -hmm. like that being illegal uh, really affects what they could put down because you have to realize how small especially of a a colony you know we're talking about at the time this isn't groups that can very easily hide this sort of stuff i don't especially i imagine under the strong 
puritanical repression they're already in. Like to me, this feels like a play state from how you described it. Like we're we're mm-hmm. beating children for playing. Uh, yeah. So I imagine you know you really don't want to be writing, thinking, I, I looking at anything that is against the code of conduct because if they're going to beat children, I mean, I, I don't. I don't even. I actually admit I am not up to snuff with like what all they used as regular punishment for adults that broke crimes i mean are are we talking would this have been the groups that were still using stockades and stuff and locking people out they like were that? they they did um stockades they did brandings oh. they did Yikes. uh beatings you were sentenced to jails and a lot of the jails were not they were very dirty and a lot of times dark and sometimes even out in the open. Yeah. So let's say that you got sentenced to jail in October in Massachusetts. There's a very good likelihood you're going to die of exposure. Uh, and it, it was up to the townspeople to actually make sure and your family to make sure that you were actually surviving. I believe that there was something that I read also that it was up to the townspeople to actually pay your fees. Like your families had to pay your jail fees. Oh, they, they find people for being in jail. It was a very odd, terrible time. And the Puritans were awful people, awful people. And they did it in the name of God. And because they thought that if they were very good and followed all of God's laws, and it was a very fire and brimstone kind of community they didn't believe it. Like they believed in the teachings of Jesus, but they did not believe in the love and light kind of Jesus that we know today. They believed in very much the old Testament that if you broke any of God's laws, especially the 10 commandments, you would immediately drop dead and go to hell right there. Even if you had accepted Christ, if you had believed in him, if you had worshiped him your whole life, it didn't matter. You were going to hell if you didn't repent right then and there. And a lot of times the the repenting was just, it wasn't so much like, you know, your Catholic say, Hail Mary. Sometimes it was even, you know, like actual penance of work and sometimes even beatings. Also, um, so, if I can interject for a quick second. Yes, of course. Space Unicorn in chat calls out a really good PSA here. We do the charging for people in jails these days as well, which is really horrible, which is why I'm calling that out. Our justice system in the United States is, I would say, anything but just. It's a system set up to still penalize people. And a really important tie-in, actually, is to say this is where a lot of that spawns from. It's not good and it's Mm -hmm. not gone. You know, when people talk about wanting to be really purist in the United States— um, be very careful because when you talk about being a purist and all that and looking so far back and needing like all these old ways, um, th- th- a lot of them aren't good old ways. I would argue probably the majority of them are very, very dark by today's standards. So the idea of charging people in prisons is still embarrassingly and depressingly around. So make sure everyone goes out there, vote, do your thing because we need it. We need to fix this crap. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to paranormal land. Next week, we're going to talk more <laughs> about modern uh, Salem and stuff, but I feel like that needs to be said because our system yes. is broken. And so, it, it our system it applies because our system is broken because this is where it originated. Mm-hmm. This is where it started in our country, yes. and so the 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 witchcraft trials were awful mm-hmm. in so many ways. And Tichuba, I think, was finally beaten so much that she just confessed. 
and I don't even know if she actually was in quote unquote dealings with the devil because in her religious system, I don't believe that she believed in an entity that was like the devil. She believed in things that were similar to dark spirits or entities, maybe even demons, but not the devil. So when she, you know, confessed to seeing the devil after the girls accused her of witchcraft and said that they were the ones, you know, that were led to possession by her. And it was just, it was very strange. She finally said that she saw something like she had seen two rats, a red rat and a black rat. She had gone so far as to seeing um, different dogs and other, a great black dog, a red cat, a black cat, a yellow bird, a man in a long black coat who had a yellow bird on his shoulder. Um, It was very strange things that she was seeing. She was seeing all sorts of things. And I don't know if it was one of those things that perhaps she was just saying these things so that maybe they wouldn't beat her anymore. You know, maybe they wouldn't abuse her anymore. Maybe they wouldn't treat her or maybe she'd get to go home because she had said that the devil came to me and I, he said he bid me to serve him. And so she said, I served him. I did this. And they continue to do all these things to her. And eventually she does get released. She doesn't get hung. But, you know, the amount of time is unclear of how long she actually spent in jail. Um, they don't know what was actually done to her. They don't even know where she ended up after the Salem stuff happened. She never stayed in Salem. She never died in Salem. But we have no idea where she went and what happened to her. Her her story kind of just, you know, drifts away on the winds. We don't really know. And it's just, this is what we see with a lot of Salem lore is we know things of Salem, but we do not know the factual story. And it's a very sad story because of that. So I, I would say that she was accused of a form of Satanism and devil worship that is the worst of the worst kind of things that has nothing to do with actual devil worship or Luciferian Satanism. And we'll talk more about that. But Kyle, what are your thoughts on her story? Well, I, I, yeah, it, don't let anyone paint Tichaba's disappearance after this is, is too surprising. Uh, I, I saw some posts try and do that, but think realistically. This is a an enslaved person who has no rights at the time, no anything. Her name is only on the books in this very legal way, right? This isn't a story for them. This is not a story about Tichaba, so they didn't obviously care to probably do anything with her again enslaved person no rights so when she falls off the map don't get distracted by any sort of you know embellishments it's it's likely that well i was just gonna say it's likely that she just moved on i mean there's no need to write about her in fact it'd be illegal to write about that at the time so when she falls off the map i don't know that she was necessarily murdered or anything terrible um she's already in a horrible situation especially after what you just described to us but I, you know, if 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 they just moved on and, you know, she's just out of the picture, there's no one writing about her anyway. So that's why there's no paper trail. But that being the problem, like you said, this is a very tragic story because justice is not applied in any meaningful way here. Um, I think even to this day, people, some people will invoke imagery of the Salem witch trials as a persecution or reason to persecute 
modern day witches. And that, in the most not mean way of the word, but that, that, that isn't, that's ongoing ignorance. You know, people are being mm-hmm. ignorant um, when they take something like this and use it. Because what it is in reverse is obviously an abuse of power. It is totally an abuse of power situation mm-hmm. on the governmental side of it. Um, on the more, I guess, human and interpersonal side, it's a definite lack of, um, I guess, openness to one another. De- you know, their whole culture was based on repression, suppression, mm-hmm. repression. It's no doubt that a powder keg like this would have gone off. And in fact, the real reason, you know, that's why they were coming over here to begin with is so they could make this very repressive place. Um, the pastor of their... I guess it was a, a parish at the time, but the pastor they mm-hmm. had minister, uh, they actually Salem town wanted a more aggressive one that was harsher on policies than the ones that they had previously had access to. Um, there was a concern back then about the church actually becoming a little too open with its members. They wanted a, a stricter code of, of justice and all of that, uh, of membership. So there was excommunication, excommunication going on and all of that for people that didn't walk the walk. It was a very mm-hmm. bad, dark human time. Like I said, my thinking is before we dive into the Satanism thing, I, I, I think there was probably very little magic going on in Satan or um, in Salem. Full stop. Mm-hmm. I I think this is not at all a story about witches. Oddly enough, I I would maybe be surprised if there were any evil spirits there before the uh, church went off the rails and started doing all of this. Now, if we see evil spirits or malevolent entities next week, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if that is a result of the terror inflicted upon these folks. Absolutely. I think that that very much is the case. I think that pre-Salem, there mm-hmm. were no evil entities. I I believe that the evil entities that may be there now, if there are any, uh, we'll find out more next week as we do our continued research there. And I, I think that those are spawned out of the tortured souls that came out of this. You know, they, they accused, what was it, 144? Four yeah. to 180 some odd people. You are right. 144 to 185. So you have that many people that were accused. And if you were just accused, your neighbors hated you. You were put under great stress, just very great stress. And that kind of energy that you put out, you know, we talk a lot on our workshops and everything about intent and mm-hmm. everything else. But that energy that was being put out by these people that was so repressive and so, I mean, just imagining that you can't be who you are and, you know, you can't be a child and you can't play and you can't think. And you, I mean, honestly, all of that, that you just put out there and it's like, oh, God, if I do this, my dad's going to beat the living crap out of me. And then you get to that point where you're just like, why do this? Why live in the society? And I think that any entity that is there, if the devil was there, I think the devil was trying to liberate these people. I do. Oh, my. Maybe so. I mean, that would fit the image. So you wanted to bring up uh, and, and dive a little bit more into Satanism. You did a lot of research. So what would you, what, I did. What would you like to do with this? What direction would you like to go? Because I'm excited. So I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what it took to be basically persecuted as a witch in Salem. They used a book called the Malleus Maleficarum, 
And it was the go-to book that was written during the Inquisitions on how to locate a witch, what needed to happen, and how you basically persecute them and their dealings with the devil. Now, I feel like the devil's getting a bad rap, and sorry to the devil out there, because I don't think you actually were responsible for this. So that being said, to be convicted of witchcraft, you had to, quote unquote, enter a pact with the devil, a basically uh, apostasy from Christianity. So basically the opposite of Christianity. You had to have sexual relations with the devil. You had to aerial flight for the purpose of attending. That means basically you were flying to people and you were doing terrible things to them. Uh, AKA, I think it was also the equivalent of astral projection uh, in their kind of eyes. Uh, The assembly was presided, an assembly was presided over by Satan himself, which the initiate enters into the pact, incest, promiscuous sex, and was engaged in by all the attendees. A practice of maleficent magic and a slaughter of babies. These are the tenets that basically have created our modern negative connotations of devil worship and satanic practice. So when you hear about the satanic pa- uh, panic from, you know, the late 70s, early 80s and early 90s, you, you see that there is this great kind of, oh, fear of, oh, they've kidnapped children. They're, they're going to do all these terrible things to them. You know, they're murdering these children in the name of Satan. And it... I believe that when I read it, it was the longest running trial in American history against the Temple of Satan, or Temple of Satan, essentially. And it was one of those things that you're just like, wow, you guys really went all out for this. You guys were just totally against the entire practice of this, even though that is not the case. Modern Satanism does not have anything to do with the tenets that are... basically taught here and this is what led to a giant hysteria in salem so when you were accused they had to prove all of these points and they had to basically get you know kind of like kyle was saying earlier this negative uh neighbor against neighbor kind of thing that was happening and so your neighbors had to come out and they had to testify against you. Somebody had to say, oh, I saw them having sex with the devil. Oh, I saw them, you know, having sex with their husband, wife, kids and everybody else while they were, you know, the devil was present watching. It, it, was, it was a bizarre time to even do this. <laughs> and I would say that if we're going to talk about this, let's talk about what Satanism actually is today. And let's completely clear the air once and for all. Satanism does not even believe really in the devil. Some And Satanism actually is more of an agnostic religion where they believe in empowerment and knowledge of yourself. And the there's no babies. There's no any of that. In fact, they tell you to protect children and animals. They tell you to seek out knowledge and learn things and educate yourself. They do not have any negative connotations associated with the actual religion. And those who believe that Lucifer is a deity, they believe him as a non-malevolent deity. They believe him to be a spiritual guide to them. Um, And that's more of Luciferianism, which is a tenant 
are, are kind of an offshoot of actual Satanism. So Satanism is not what our Puritan friends have made it out to be. And I don't even want to call them our Puritan friends no. because they were bad. You know, <laughs> there are probably nemesis. There are enemies. Uh, yeah. To what Pagan said, just a little um, from from my understanding as a, I guess, a practitioner of Luciferianism. But uh, so so Satanism being often referred to as Levian Satanism due to Anton yes. Levay, um, who repopularized it. And and the reason for it having amazing tenets uh, is it was supposed to be a one upping to the Bibles, or well, the Ten Commandments, I should say. It was supposed to point out the hypocrisy, the ongoing hypocrisy of of the okay. Christian church system. Let me say it like that, because I really, you know, I, the emphasis here is not that individual Christians are bad, because that's not my belief, but I do think a lot of evil comes from institutions, uh, entities that are churches, because that's just a lot of human men a lot of the time like it's just we we know how that works especially puritan style like you said women had no voice in any of this and and those institutions get really corrupt and i think anyone that can't see that needs to take a very very harsh look because this is a great example of it um mm -hmm. though it wasn't explicitly churches like you said with the satanic panic uh that was a very recent what was that 80s and 70s 80s? um i believe it was the 78 i will tell you if you, you can pull that seconds. up because i want to say it was yes. 70s or 80s last podcast on the left did a terrifyingly chilling episode about that that i highly recommend it was one of my first uh that i ever encountered with them but it's a it's a it's a story of modern day how those blinders go on and people just we get overridden. Like I said, we, there are ways to short circuit the brain and play to people's darkest selves. And again, it's it's people love to put that blame on an outside entity when in truth, you know, is their own kind of weak weakness. It's their own weakness. They mm -hmm. let themselves be overridden uh, at the at the I don't even want to say risking someone's well being knowing that someone's well-being was going to be hurt you know knowing that you're going to accuse this person of something and that they will be beaten for it and you know that and so your brain is validating that and saying yeah i'm okay with that that's a, that's a really dark part of ourselves and i think that's why a lot of people want to shift it off to this outside force because you don't want to take responsibility for mm -hmm. that Absolutely. And the, the satanic panic essentially started um, in about 18 or I'm sorry, 1985. And it continued into the early 90s. Wow. Uh, but eventually the Church of Satan actually did weather it and they came out the other side. Uh, they entered into a very long legal battle and eventually came out and was adopted as an actual religion at that point. So... It, it's adopted into a thing, and I, I I would say that anybody who is afraid of Satanism, go research it. Please educate yourself on it. Learn not what someone else has told you, not what the media makes it out to be, not what the the Christian church it, as a whole makes it out to be. And uh, go educate yourself. Talk to you know the actual temple of Satan or the actual temple of Satan. He they will actually sit down with people. And they will tell you about it from the truest points. They will not tell you 
lies. They're not going to basically say, oh, yes, we drink baby blood. They want nothing to do with that. They want to be a purist religion in their own right. And I say purist, not in Puritan way, purist as in they want to disassociate from basically the bullshit. They they are atheists is, is yes. the big thing. The, the Church of Satan is atheist. So if anyone out there, and that would be the big divide too. If you're someone out there that's considering joining one of these sects and you are an atheist, the Church of Satan is a great middle finger to Christianity intentionally. Like that is the purpose. And if any Christians out there go, but why? That's so offensive. Well, it's it's meant to be because there's a lot of repression that goes on from that side of the aisle. So they are mm-hmm. intentionally setting themselves up as a mirror to uh, politics. You know, a lot of people got very angry when they were trying to put the statue on um, government property. Uh, the Baphomet statue. And the reason they did that is because there is hypocrisy that the Ten Commandments could also have been put. They were also like shown on that same ground. So they wanted mm-hmm. them to be mirroring each other, which honestly is the most American thing, regardless of the two symbols you're looking at. Having, a, you know, a choice, having choices is the most American way, I, I guess. I, I, I question mm-hmm. that statement even after we, we listen to this. Is that the American way? Because... We sure started off in a dark place of no choices, no this, no that. You're completely our way or you're going to get beaten. So, again, I think that's why the Church of Satan exists in the way they do is to be that mirror to say that hypocrisy still exists. We still charge people. We still um, charge people for being criminals. You know, we have all these things that will keep you a criminal. Once you're accused, you can't get rid of that. There's no way for you to climb up the social ladder again. Again, I think that's why these opposition groups really exist is to point that out. Um, and I think this is a time when we should all be coming together more as people to look into these darker parts of ourselves. We let a lot mm-hmm. of bad go on in the world. And I, I don't know. It, it just as we come up to an election cycle in the U.S., as we're in this very liminal time in the, you know, the paranormal realm where activity is heightened around the, the lowering of the veil, uh, thinning of the veil. It, I don't know. It just seems like a really good time to kind of confront these demons that came up through this episode. Because they're not external demons in my mind. They are No, they're internal demons. And big ones, bad ones. Maybe scarier than any yeah. demon you run into in a haunt. I don't know. I mean, th- maybe the scariest thing is that one already has control of you. Because it is you. You are it. And I would also Thinker. educate, or not educate, I would urge people to educate themselves into when Satan actually truly made an appearance in Christian lore, because it might actually surprise you. Mm. If you actually do the research, the devil was not always the devil in the original Christian lore. It actually came about much later, like around the 15th century, I think. So definitely go check it out. I'm not going to go deep into it because then you guys are going to think that I'm bashing Christianity. I'm not bashing Christianity. I think that if you want to practice it, you practice it with good intent in your heart. Yes. And you follow that. I think it's great. As long as you follow any religion with, you know, that good intent, you can't go wrong. But when you start breaking into the crazy patterns, kind of like our Puritans did, then you might want to question your morals. So that being said, (laughs) yeah, as Pagan and I read in a post the other day, the thing is, especially with that good intent comment, because I would like to echo that I'd say, make sure you're not 
excluding the other either. That That's very, yes. very important. We use a lot of modern day religions to push other people away. Um, we use it to talk down to people. Um, just recently on Twitch, we had someone come by and say that Pagan and I were foolish for being open to tarot and stuff like that. And, you know, she did the whole very mm-hmm. hardline Christian thing. So, again, not to bully Christians in any way, but that that happened. Don't don't let those people in your church. You need to get those people out. You you need to, to fix that because that that bad that's bad energy. You know, however you whatever religion you subscribe to that kind of. Calling others dumb is exclusionary and not good. That's why Pagan and I like to welcome everyone abound here. We we welcome all kinds of things. If you're if you're putting your heart into it and you're putting out love, that that's what it's about at the end of the day. And I'd say being socially active because this world is getting darker, man. And so stay safe out there, everybody. You know, stay stay good to yourselves. Make sure you're taking some time um, to to kind of. I, reconnect decompress. with yourself. Yeah. Decompress, reflect. Uh, you know, like I said at the start of this episode, I've been really enjoying the season, digging into it, kind of just using it as a time of, of harvest and change and preparing for the winter. So I don't know. That, that'd be my end of the day uh, kind of wrap up to this episode, I think, because mm-hmm. this has been... Hopefully, we kept it in a nice semi-linear order for you guys. Again, we didn't want to retell it like... A textbook. We wanted to look at more of what actually was going on, and and like you said, uh, Oba or Obey or however we pronounce Obey. it based on region, mm-hmm. um, that might have been going on. But outside of that, this is probably in. I don't want to say it was an energetically low area, but um, I want to say that I don't think I don't think it was the people bringing in anything negative i think it was people kind of letting out their inner demons politically and at the expense of others so yes be good to yourselves Absolutely. be good to your friends be good to other people yes be good to the world Learn. send out peace yeah go connect with some nature too um if you guys do want anything more from us we like we said at the top of the show have a plethora of content going on from four days a week on twitch uh, with our friend Brian from GhostQuest.net. We've got Pagan on there. We're doing those workshops. Uh, we got so much going up on Patreon. If you guys would like to become a subscriber, that would mean so much to us. Either on Twitch or Patreon. Both both help us. Um, Patreon gets you access to so much content, though. Pagan is busting her butt writing these amazing ritualist letters. She And I'll, I'm going to toss to you for a recap here in a second. But you got ritualist letters. you got Tarot <laughs> Tuesday, uh, which is totally free. Oh, uh, goodness. Do you want to tout those ritualist letters again? Because you knocked an amazing yes, one out of the park. I can tell you all about the ritualist letter. I'm actually going to th- pull it up so I can read off everything and I don't skip anything because there's so much goodness Ooh, in that. Uh, I will tell you, when I wrote this, it was six pages <gasps> of information. <laughs> so it's not a small little, here's a one page letter. No, it's six pages worth of content. Um, usually I would have like a video kind of instruction to go with some of it. I just didn't have time to get to it because Word ate half my thing and I had to rewrite it. So thank you, Word. You're, you're amazing. Um, anyway, it, we talk about the Pagan New Year. The Pagan New Year, kind of like we talked about at the top of the hour and top of the show. Um, I think it was actually at the pre-show, but it's, it, it varies depending on what you believe. Personally, this is from my perspective. My perspective is the Pagan New Year is October 31st or on Samhain. And we're going to talk, we talk about that. We talk about how to cleanse away the past year's energies, which this year we all need some cleansing. This year has been hell. And 
we talk about warding and protections to board your house, board yourself, and for the future to keep you safe. Uh, we talk about an herbal highlight. We have a nice sigil in there for you to use. And we have a great recipe, an essential oils blend, and a rune reading for you. So definitely go check that out. Enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to write. I can't wait to write next month. I don't know what I'm going to do for it yet. <laughs> I have a lot of content to pick from. So, uh, but yeah, that's the rituals letter. Tarot Tuesdays are always great. If you just want a quick, you know, reading for the week, there's your Tarot Tuesdays. Uh, those come out every Tuesday. They are free for everyone. The rituals letters are not free, but you can subscribe to them on Patreon for that ritualist tier, you get all of the other previous tiers contents as well, which there's a lot of a it. Lot. A lot. <laughs> like I can't even go in to tell you we would be here for half an yeah. hour if I continue. Whole other show. The whole whole well, that, show. That is why I, I'll interject and say that's why I started doing those Sunday recap articles up on chaosandshadow.com yes. because we had so much stuff going out that I was struggling to find like some of Pagan's pieces and read them because I'm like, uh what day is it? So please go mm-hmm. check that out. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Pagan, thank you for all of that. Like I said, she's been working so hard on all of that. It's, it's going super amazing. Uh, Pagan's also got the occult website going on. You can find that off mm-hmm. of chaosandshadow.com. So you can book some tarot readings yes. and things like that. All that goes back to help expand the show and making all of us, you know, more comfortable in these times. So thank you to your support. Mm-hmm. We, we thrive off of it. Um, really good news though for the future of the show because, I, I, I really feel good vibes from the morning show. You've all been so receptive to it on Twitch. We've had very good stuff going on with those interview segments. Like I said, we got to do a formal one with Brian last night. Formal's a stretch because we were just all joking and having fun. But a sit-down, nice one-on-one with Brian. Uh, and uh, we, we have Laura coming up here. And we've got our sights on maybe another two people coming on for interviews so mm-hmm. look forward to it you guys it's 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 a crazy season here thank you all for the support it means a ton to us pagan thank you for sharing your knowledge as always and huge shout out to sarah who is also helping us with uh, the show notes because she got in there and mm-hmm. started digging around pulling all that stuff for us uh it, it's been an amazing time so thank you Thank you, thank you. And one last shout out, and that's to Red Got Games, who is one of our founder Patreons members. And she she gets a shout out every single time because she is one of our founders and we love her to pieces. Thank you so much, Red. If you want to be a founder, you can head over to Patreon uh, forward slash chaos and shadow and consider becoming one of our Patreons. It does so much great stuff for us. You have no idea. Indeed. So. Patreon.com forward slash chaos and shadow. Uh, you can check out the Twitch stream here, twitch.tv forward slash revelator paranormal. You can go to revelatornetwork.com or chaosandshadow.com. Those will take you to the same place. And I think that'll mm-hmm. get you everywhere you need to be. You can find links to Pagan, myself up there. Uh, actually, I need to do a thing for you up there and I need to get Brian's links up there too. But we're going to have it all mm-hmm. linked out and it'll be beautiful. If you need anything in the meantime before the website, you have the description below, the show notes. So take a look there and look out for for Pagan's Vault Notes landing on Monday, October 19th. Thank you all. And And finally, join us in Discord for all those spooky times. And we love you all. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. Indeed. This comes out on Monday. Yeah, we will (laughs) catch you guys soon for so much more. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye.